The World Show with Nikki B. Global Groove on The World Show with Nikki B. Yes, it is time for Global Grooves on The World Show. And I was uh, lucky enough to catch uh, Lars Berenroth. Um, of course, he came. Uh, he's uh, performing. I think he's in Limpopo tonight. But he came and visited us and told me his story so I could share it with you. And of course, he is so much loved in South Africa. He's currently working on a tour across the country and the region. But I wanted to know from him, from the beginning, when did the music bug hit? There's a teacher just introducing all the different instruments, you know, and I ended up with the clavier sticks, you know, doing the rhythm section. And, you know, later he made sure that I got like organ lessons, you know, not like church organ, more like Hammond style. Mm-hmm. And um, I got into production without producing, you know, I was more curious. And the organ didn't give me much chances for different sounds, obviously. You know, that's when I kind of got into computers very early on. And there was no production software again. This was just like sound generators, you know, and just playing around with that. At the same time, breakdancing, you know, through a flash dance. Actually, I saw the movie and it was so fascinated. There's this one scene. And right after the movie, we decided, let's just go on the street and do the same thing. So that brought me to a dance school, a local dance school. They had a open Tuesday for all the kids. Just come here and do your breakdancing. So that was literally the first time I saw like a hardwood dance floor, like wall, uh, ceiling to uh, floor mirror and two turntables. And I had no idea what that was for. But that is kind of, you know, the beginning of both things. So Germany, early, you know, 70s, um, there was a lot of pride, not not in the old German sense but more like we still sing in German as like German Schlager music mm. German folk music so that was everywhere my grandma loved to watch those shows but then in the 80s came the NDW Neue Deutsche Welle which was like German New Wave yes and that just threw everything out and those people ended up on the same TV shows but even before that my mom there was some disco and even German artists would take uh, disco songs from the US and then cover them and sing them in German so that kind of music was always around but I always uh, later on then found when I started discovering music myself I always found things that were they were not really on the radio yet and they were always kind of left off the dial you know and I started digging into things like uh, first vinyl records DJ wise before I was even DJing were like uh, you know Public Enemy, Run DMC, Beastie Boys, like the whole early Def Jam. And then I kind of discovered House through television and local clubs where I was 15. And I started going to the local one club where I was. And luckily the DJ was very educated and because, you know, somewhat of a close proximity to Bremerhaven and Bremen where they have German GIs, uh, American GIs. So they would bring the music. So this guy would go shopping there and bring that to our little town. So I heard Big Fun, Inner City and uh, Jack Your Body and those kind of things. And that was always really cool. 
that was when I was 15, the same kind of time, you know, because that was when I was going to the dance school. And I started also dancing like the classical standard, the waltz, and I did the Latin American dances, the samba, weekly classes, and even a little more later. But that's how I ended up going to this uh, dance school every week and ended up being the DJ on Sundays where they had a tea dance for kids. Started at 2 p.m. and it was for kids from 10 to 13, 14 years old. And I would be the DJ and it was so cool. You know, it taught me a lot because number one, it taught me you cannot only play the music that you like because I didn't get paid much, right? The, as much as I got paid for that gig, I could buy one vinyl record from that. So I would only play my music which at that point was already not necessarily popular. Uh, a lot of Frankie goes to Hollywood, um, craft work, and play that in front of 11-year-olds, you know. Yes. So I ended up pulling some records that the dance teacher would uh, pull when she was teaching her classes. And I would put those on just to get the dance floor going. And I realized what that does to people. So you take those kind of bits with you for the rest of your life when you're DJing, you know? Or another thing, they were too shy to go on the dance floor, even if I would play one of those records. Because it was blacked out, heavy curtains, I would turn off all the lights and I'd get on the mic and I'd be like, all right, guys, the lights are gonna be off for the next three minutes or for the next song, so you can all start dancing. And then when you come back, I'll, you know, when the lights come back on and boom dance floor is full you know so you learn these no, things those are how amazing to, you know for a DJ, yeah actually. yeah yeah it's like you know, how to think... manipulate if you will lars berenroth on the world show sharing some of his stories with us wow starting off as a child but i wondered after that, when he started, uh, or when did he start DJing professionally? It's 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 always like kind of a blend, right? With the with the timing and whatnot. Because I was uh, obviously in school, then I was in the German army, then I was uh, starting to study law, which then I kind of dropped and moved more into music production because I went to uh, SAE School of Audio Engineering. And that is when I had a side job making websites and it all kind of combined because even throughout this time I was DJing and I got more gigs and that by that time I had moved to Hamburg and you know there was more of a scene and all those things started to, to come together but I got more into the technical side of things. So I started uh, Cyber Radio, one of the first internet radio stations in Germany all through like while DJing and being responsible for the night program so exclusively DJing for a living I've never really done that there's always been other things that were I always say it's like I make money through music in general right because there's not only one thing I'm not one of those uh, uh, superstar DJs who travels all around the world all the time you know I'm not uh, one of those big producers who has like his records everywhere. There's always a little bit of everything and it's always been like that. But the, the internet radio side of things and the technical side and the streaming thing, that has always been a parallel, you know, but always mostly for myself. 
Lars Berenroth on the World Show. He really was at the forefront of uh, the digital wave of taking music and using uh, the internet as a platform to spread your sounds. All of all of these things. My first radio show, House Sound of Hamburg, that I did was like somebody else started it and I co-produced it and then did like an offshoot on a different station. I made that available online in 1996. So people could not really stream it, but you could download the real audio. That's what it was back then. It was not even a big file. The sound quality was really not that great. But people in the U.S. could now download my radio show from Germany and start listening to it. So that was definitely uh, one of the first ones. And then same with the streaming. I sent my show to other radio stations. So, it, you know, became available that way. And then the live streaming, I've been doing audio live streaming since 98. And I've been broadcasting when I... I, when I do my two-hour radio show, the first hour is always a DJ mix, and I've been broadcasting me recording that with the full live video since 2009. I've been always kind of like, because I'm interested in it. So I always like, oh, let me try this out. Lars Berenroth on The World Show, sharing a bit of his story with us, and I've got more to come. But I've also got a two-part mixer. I've had to separate it into two, a two-part mix that Lars very specifically uh, uh, prepared for us. So uh, we're going to be moving into uh, that beautiful sound. But still speaking to him. I said to him, those were really the early days. I, I did it, I was online way before even, you know, through like the, the universities where you had to subscribe to groups and always fascinated with online living. And so I'm, I'm very versed in that way and I always utilized it. You know, I utilized the, the networking aspect even before when I would do my radio shows and I would write down my playlists and then I would send them out as a fax to these record labels. Like literally spending hundreds of bucks a month just to send faxes to the record labels, letting them know that I played their music. On a radio show, I never got paid for. You know, just to let them know. And they got really excited because again, like you said, there was no, you couldn't download a song, right? The only way to get it to somebody, you send somebody a tape, CD not even you send somebody a tape or a vinyl record so of course it wasn't that selfless that I would send out these playlists right I would send out the playlists and the record labels are like from the US there's a guy in Germany playing our music let's send them more so that's how I got onto all the promo lists and that, continued that online with like newsletters but now those shows those early shows mm -hmm. um, before Deeper Shades mm -hmm. what were you playing so the first one, HSH, House Sound of Hamburg, was a show that I used to listen to when I moved to Hamburg, when I wasn't even DJing that much. And I was, oh, that guy, his, his enunciation is not that great, but I loved what he was playing and he was always like up to date and he had like uh, charts from an Italian radio station. It was always fascinated. And I eventually got to meet him and uh, we really you know, connected. So I ended up as a guest on his show, reading the titles that he had a problem really putting out there. And like I said, I started the offshoot. So that was all house. 
Okay, so it's you know, always been ours. Well, there was the Global House Connection. Funny, for the name was based on a mailing list where I met my roommate uh, in Hamburg. And we started this show, which was like a four to six hour show every Saturday on this online station. Which, by the way, ended up going even later. Because nobody else was at the studio. It was in the harbor of Hamburg. We started at 8 p.m., sometimes left at 5 a.m., just kept playing all night. So that was... A wide variety. That was almost like uh, the worldwide Giles Peterson back then, you know, format, like Afro, you know, Afrobeats, like Fela and then Tony Allen and all that good stuff and hip hop, underground hip hop, broken beats, new jazz house as well. So that was truly like a almost open format show, yes. you know, but mostly like on, on House Sound of Hamburg, that was a three hour show that I eventually had on my own. One was uh, a little bit chunkier house mix that I did, then a little jazzier one, and then an hour guest mix. So I always had that guest mix in there. And of course, Lars Baron Roth on the World Show, and that's a tradition that he has kept up until this day. I love the opportunity, and we briefly chatted about that. I love the opportunity to, to just play in front of people, right? And And present my music and doing that on a radio show that's not necessarily easy to come by so i always figured why not extend this to other people right because there are of course we we like to have big names on our shows right because that brings more listeners and those kind of things but there are also so many other djs who have the same passion that we have and but they may not even play out they may just play for themselves or for their friends or in their bedrooms or whatever so that's kind of where that motivation came from i want those people on my show just as much as i want the others because obviously again not entirely selfless i want to gain listeners yes. and and that's the thing and that now also connects to events for instance right i was talking to christos about it the the, the event so like our event tomorrow almost sold out or yesterday, by the time this airs, yes. <laughs> <laughs> our event um, sold out before even the, or almost sold out before the lineup was posted, because you 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 build a trust, you know, in in you, of course, in your brand, but in you as a selector, as a curator, you know, they're like, okay, I can listen to the show because I know he's not gonna put something in front of us that's not gonna go with anything else that's happened before. Kaya nine five nine. A last Baron Roth mix, especially on the world show. And I wanted to know from Lars, what is it about house music that has made it part of his identity? I think it's more instinctual, right? It's more like how it makes me feel, what happens. You know, it's because I listen to a lot of things. Music makes me, you know, like everybody feel different things and different styles. For the last few years when I'm driving, I love listening to jazz. 
because it keeps me chill. There's already enough craziness going on around me. I don't need to have extra animation. So I like doing that. And, but house makes me feel a certain way. It's not like, okay, now I gotta go clubbing. However, within house, there are those songs. Right? If I hear Barbara Tucker, beautiful people, my hands get sweaty. I'm like, where's the dance floor? It's really weird when I hear those chords, you know? But it's, it's, it's not necessarily even the beat. It's like the overall, right? It's the, at the right tempo. It kind of goes into my hips, you know, and it just happens. Yes. And then because I'm able to go beyond just one of the directions house goes into, I can I can really just feel how 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 wide it is. You know, there there are so many different. It's hard to put it. It, it literally is like a feeling, you know. Yeah. And I always go back to it. I love I love underground hip hop. I love uh, MF Doom and those kind of things. I like listening to all that music. I like the creation behind those. But some of the house, especially the deep, you know, I like the repetitiveness which can be used as a negative but in this case it's it's a it's an art to make something repeat without getting boring or without it getting on your nerves it's a trance like quality it really is juice. it really is yeah, yeah and i don't mean the genre trance no exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yes. that, and that's it and that's how i how i feel too I, i'm always driven when i listen to promos and i listen to hundreds every week i'm always driven not to the same sound but to a similar vibe Right when somebody puts a chord down, and it's just a great chord and it can lay there for a minute, but they're able to create something around it. Those things, or there's a certain stabbing sound that is just placed very well. You know, it's like I can see in myself that is what I'm driven to. It. Before Deeper Shades really took off in South Africa, I used to say on my shows, like, yeah, everybody can send me mixes, you know, and it's like, but now I don't even have the chance to listen to them. Yes. And it's it's unfair, right, So to, to ask for mixes when you can't even uh, uh, react. Yes. So I don't really actively ask anymore, you know, and people hit me up and I'm like, I'm, I, I kind of came to a little bit of a pre-selection where I'm suggesting if I never heard of you, chances, you know, are that contact another DJ or two other DJs who I've had as a guest already, right? And have them reach out to me and say, hey, check out this person. I don't want to make it too complicated, but I know I don't have the time to listen to all these 60-minute mixes that people send. So if you tell me, for instance, you got to have this guy on, again, trust Right. I trust your opinion. You wouldn't send somebody to me mm. and because that would go back to you. Right. So that those are the ways now how I'm kind of being helped with selections, let's say. But I like that because that yeah. becomes a community. Actually, Absolutely. You know, and Absolutely, that's, that's yeah. quite beautiful. Yeah. Yes. And it, it also helps like if you're a DJ who, who doesn't really necessarily play out, but you know somebody who is in this thing, maybe that connection gets deeper, you know, and maybe that having to go that extra step, you know, because I feel also that things shouldn't come too easy sometimes. You shouldn't just ask and be given what you want. Mm -hmm. You know, it's always good if you have to just get that extra step in there, you know.
Kaya 959. Global Group on the World Show with Nikki B. Yes, speaking to Lars Berenroth about 20 years, Deeper Shades of House. And of course, we're going to pick up on the mix. 20 years yes. celebrating. Yes. This How year. does it feel? I almost forgot. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, I, I definitely, time flies when you're having fun. It doesn't feel like 20 years, really. You know, there was a time a few years ago when I was, I had a little bit of a dip, you know, every week. And again, it wasn't always on a real radio station. It was at first, then it was on a, on a satellite station, which is huge now in the U.S., XM Radio, Sirius XM. They were merging. When I found out they were merging, I knew that they would get rid of the underground, sadly. And they did. We had one underground channel. They scrapped the whole thing. But when I found out about it, I made Deeper Shades of House available online as a podcast. And that's when it became international. And But that's also when I didn't have a real station that would expect me to send a show every week. I would have a few stations. They play the show. That still happens. I have like 20 or 25 stations around the globe, but not getting paid for it. So I'm sitting there. It's like, oh, I got to do another show. Well, I'm not getting paid. I'll just do it next week. Right. So I had a little bit of a dip there that then disappeared when I did my live mixes online. That's the reason why I do them online to hold myself accountable. Right. Because there's nobody else that's making the deadline for a new show on Fridays but myself. So if I don't feel like it, well, I just. But with the Wednesday thing, now there are people online expecting me to be there and DJing and, you know, and there's a whole other part of the family with live interaction. So now I'm able to do this every week and the community is just getting bigger and bigger. And then boom, it's 20 years. It's literally it's 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 really hard to 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 grasp that time frame, you know, but it's been great. And what I like most about it um, really is is the feedback I'm getting. You know, it's it's really it's the messages, the personal messages and the emails and people telling me how it makes them feel or what they've been going through when they listen. Or here in SA, it's like everybody's like, oh, yeah, I listen to, DJ, uh, to Deeper Shades of House studying for the metric and those kind of things, you know, like that's so cool. I love that. Guess what? Everybody's listening. All of a sudden there's a connection without them even knowing. Right. They're all sitting there. They're listening to the same thing. That's why I was always fascinated by radio. Kaya 959. Now that's what makes him an international phenomenon. That's what makes us love Lars Berenroth so much. What a mix. Especially done for the world show. You with me, Nikki B. And uh, before I end off with Lars, well, let me put it this way. I couldn't end off unless I played this. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you had a good time. Keep it deep. Be safe. Don't drink and drive. Whatever you do, don't let your friends listen to bad music. Live. Catch the broadcast on Kaya959.co.za.